Today on Locked On Canadians, the Habs shut the Sabres out. Things are good. We're going to talk about Cole Caulfield. We're going to talk about the injuries, and that's all coming up in just one moment. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 559 of your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined by Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on the Prize. And those of you watching on YouTube will notice that Scott is wearing a blanket and I'm wearing a house coat. There is some sort of deep freeze going on. It was warm for like five seconds yesterday, and now, for whatever reason, it is intolerably cold, both in Buffalo and in Montreal. So we're having a cozy night here at Locked On Canadians. And you know what makes us feel really, really cozy, Scott? Is it wins? Is it Cole it's Caulfield wins. can points? Is it? It is. It's all of that. It's all of that. It, it is pretty great. It's it, it's wins are fun, and it's been <laughs> such a horrific half a season under Dominique Ducharme that I forgot what it was like to have a hockey team that is fun to watch. And a lot of people tonight in this Sabres game, and I was half watching because I was covering the Rocket for Eyes on the Prize, but Nick Suzuki is playing 7D chess while the Sabres were trying (laughs) to put together their shoots and ladder board in the neutral zone tonight. And it's... (laughs) It was delightful to watch the bits that I did. He and Cole Caulfield are something special. Hopefully Josh Anderson's not seriously hurt. Uh, it is it is good to have something to look forward to with this team. Once again, we went through so much, you know, poor play that everything right now, it, it's it's all happening and it's great. And I love it, honestly. I can't disagree with you. And to note, you know, obviously the Sabres are not a great team, but they're a team that the Canadians have struggled with for many, many years now. Uh, They're a team that the Canadians have a hard time beating. And we talked yesterday on the show when we were previewing this game, we wanted to look at the difference between the way the Habs played uh, against Buffalo the last time they played. And obviously that was an afternoon game and there was, you know, um, there are some other factors there and and we wanted to see how much of an improvement we would see during the second Buffalo Sabres game. I will go ahead and eat crow. I mocked Scott yesterday for predicting a win against the Sabres. I truly thought that, you know, this team hasn't shown us enough, even though there's been a lot of changes. They haven't shown us enough to to demonstrate to us that not only can they, you know, slay some demons that they struggle with on a regular basis, even when they're good, uh, but also to have four wins in a row. You know, that that to me, I was like, yeah, you know what, the, the four wins in a row is, is pushing it a little bit. And I have to say, Scott, you were right. I was wrong. I, I did predict a Brendan Gallagher goal and all he got was punched in the face. So, like, it's the same <laughs> thing. There's a quote from Samuel Montembeau, which, by the way, he got his first shutout in his career, not just with Montreal, but his career. So round of applause for Samuel Montembeau. Very happy for the ones that Montreal had, the Montreal media has started calling Dikembe, which Dikembe Montembeau was obviously famous basketball player, et cetera, et cetera. But, and this comes from Kyle Bukaskis of Sportsnet, 
Sam Montemo told me post-game when Martin St. Louis came aboard, he wanted to break the remainder of the season down into best-of-seven series. And so tonight, the Habs have completed the reverse sweep to begin the Martin St. Louis era in Montreal. And it's all so very simple and basic to look at these things. And I go, yeah, that all makes sense. Why the hell couldn't Claude Julien or Dominique Ducharme do that? And sometimes it's just you need a different viewpoint on it. And Martin St. Louis being a former player in the modern era, he understands this. It's all simple concepts. There's that word again, but it's just working. Everyone's playing like the best version of themselves. And eventually things will even out because everything regresses at some point, but there's a system in place right now. And I can't help but be a little bit enamored with, just how everything is going. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's having a good time. And it wasn't just the guys who were struggling. We know Cole Caulfield's good. We know Nick Suzuki's good. But we've seen Jeff Petrie be better. We've seen Jake Evans play well. We've seen Mike Hoffman play better. We've seen the goalies play better. It it, it really makes me wonder what in the heck was going on with the previous coaching regime that they couldn't figure out something simple like this and torpedoed almost an entire year with negativity. Honestly, it's, it's stunning, honestly, to watch it played out here. I think what, for me, one of the most shocking things is how, how dramatically the change has been. You know, you would expect even, let's say, let's say the previous coach had lost the room or whatever it is. Again, we don't want to dwell too much on that. We don't want to speak too ill of somebody who showed promise until he, he got to the NHL. Um, but like, why is it so dramatically different when you do have a coaching change? Usually you expect a gradual improvement. Um, and I just I think that there's something about injecting new blood there. Obviously, there's a factor of this person being a former player that the players look up to or played against or have experience with, right? We talked a lot about how a lot of people like see him as a role model. There's something to be said about his personality. It's, it's apparently his presence is very inspiring and, and, you know, will make you run, want to run, run through a wall. There's obviously something to be said for all of that as well. But I think part of it very often is like, we're talking about Claude Julian, who himself is, is a fantastic coach. You know, I, I, I always uh, loved having him in Montreal and I thought it was, it's pretty bad that that luck kind of um, sort of torpedoed his Montreal career as well, because there were, you know, there were those losing streaks, even though they were playing better. And then, you know, there was a lot of bad luck in that, but I think old school coaches kind of think of the bigger picture a lot. Um, and Martin St. Louis has kind of, decided to break everything into bite-sized pieces. And that's not, you know, that's not a pun based on his size or his or, or Cole Caulfield size or the Canadians being small or whatever. Um, I think just breaking things down into tiny little tasks and tiny little things, um, you, you learn to do one thing right. And then the next game, you learn to do two things right. And then the next game, you learn to do four things right. Whereas before, not only were you not doing anything right, you were doing everything actively wrong. So I think that breaking it down is is something that it's very intriguing to me and um we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the injuries and also the promotion uh, uh of Sedgwick to to uh assistant GM 
and some of the stuff that he said. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit also about Cole Caulfield um, and how um, he may or may not have been robbed of, of a Calder nomination. But uh, if he continues going on a tear, there's still almost 30 games, you know, like and there's a lot of recency bias with awards like that. So I'm going to start making a case for this. Uh, and that's all coming up in just one moment but first football might be over this season but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs betonline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the NHL awards, which again, Cole Caulfield for Calder. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Scott, we were talking about injuries and obviously uh, Paul Byron was out for the game. And then uh, Josh Anderson took a puck to his pretty, pretty, pretty face. Um, and they were both apparently sent to hospital. I missed this and, and, and you managed to track it down. They were sent to hospital for uh, purely precaution reasons. They were checked out and then they were back to the bell center by the end of the game. Is that correct? Uh, yes. So the Habs announced that they did go to the hospital as a precaution uh, or sorry, to hospital for our Canadian listeners here. I will get that right at some point. Uh, but Nick Suzuki confirmed and the team confirmed that they were back in the Bell Center. But their uh, timeline for return to the lineup is undetermined right now. So I guess they're going to kind of wait and see how they feel the next day. Here's the exact wording from the Canadian's Twitter account. Josh Anderson and Paul Byron, upper body, were transported to the hospital for precautionary reasons, but are back with the team. There is no timeline on their return to the lineup. So we're kind of in a wait and see pattern here. But what this means is, I believe, uh, Matthew Perot skated with the team today, so he could be ready by the time the next game rolls around. Cedric Paquette has obviously been a healthy scratch, and I know that strikes a lot of annoyance in some fans. Uh, and I was actually tweeting about it earlier tonight with the Rocket playing. Depending on the length and severity of these injuries, it might be a chance for some of the guys from the Rocket to get another NHL look. And I tweeted it when Paul Byron went down that I think Rafael Harvey Pinard has definitely earned himself another NHL call up to play in that middle six role. And if Anderson's going to be out and they're looking for another uh, talented, deceptive, speedy winger on that top line, I think someone like Jesse Alonen could definitely be a fill in there. But the biggest thing out of all of this is that we're hoping that neither of these guys is out long term. Paul Byron just came back from a lengthy recovery from hip surgery. And obviously Josh Anderson is playing arguably the best hockey of his career right now. It's it's would be a shame for any of these good vibes to kind of hit a roadblock on one, a freak accident getting hit in the face with a puck and an interference penalty that didn't get called that injured Paul Byron. It, it, it just continues. Even when things are good, they're at least slightly cursed for the Montreal Canadians right now. And I believe their next game isn't till uh, Saturday. Uh, I might be wrong, but I want to make sure that it's I Saturday. Oh, uh, yes. They're, oh, good. They're playing the Senators. Awesome. That's that's <laughs> wonderful. But Nobody wanted that. No one who asked for this. Not me. Couldn't Everyone be me. Everyone just liked that. <laughs> yeah. So 
hopefully it's with a couple of days off, they have some time to recuperate and they should be ready for the weekend. But there are other options. It's not the end of the world, especially with it being the Senators and then following that, the very struggling Winnipeg Jets right now. So it'll be interesting to see what the team does. Uh, Obviously, John Sedgwick was promoted to AGM. So if anyone's going to know how to manage the cap, manage the call-ups from the AHL and do all that stuff, it's the guy who's been doing it uh, for the last several years here in Montreal. So it it's going to be interesting to see what they do, but I'm not, I'm not freaking out like I would have a couple of years ago. I think um, we, we, you know, that's, that's obviously a bit of news that uh, we wanted to touch on. Uh, it, it was sort of unexpected and expected in that uh, he seems to have earned the position, right? He's been uh, with the Canadians since 2017, I believe, um, or since 2013. And then he got promoted in 2017 is my understanding. Um, and um the thing that was surprising to me was that I thought that there was going to be a house cleaning um, and instead they promoted him. So clearly they are taking their time um, and investigating and seeing what's going well, what's going wrong. So, you know, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon giving him this position. Uh, I think it sort of sends a signal to everybody in, in, in the organization where if you're functioning then you're sticking around. If you deserve to be promoted, then you will be. And if it's not working out, we're going to say bye to you. So, you know, that makes me feel good about somebody, like let's say like uh, Luke Richardson, unless he finds a head coaching position elsewhere, you know, um, it's not necessary that they brought in a new interim head coach. And then we're expecting things to become finalized and official in the off season. If that happens, you know, and, and Kent Hughes said that the, the assistant coaching staff is up to Marty. It's going to be up to, it's going to be up to Marte. So um, I think, you know, this kind of signals that like, if you've been doing a good job, doesn't necessarily mean you're out and you need to find another job. And something that he said that was interesting, because it seems to me based on the press conference from today, is that he's going to be tasked with uh, building the analytics department, or at least be instrumental in that. And he said that something that was really interesting to me, because we've had so many discussions about the about that on this show. Obviously, Scott and I are very pro analytics. Uh, we don't think that it's the only or be all end all. But um, he said something so simple to me. What is analytics? Analytics is just information. That's all analytics is. So when you're building a department, you need people who understand the concepts of data. You need people who understand how to present the data and what that means. There's no point in just collecting stats that that you know that sound fancy or that sound intricate if you don't know what to do with them. So there's going to be a lot of trial and error, especially with data. Like sometimes there's a stat that's not even worth collecting. They spend some time on it. They come up, they hone in on it. And and it ends up not really giving the Habs or a team more, or even in a sport, in a different sport, more information than they already have, or that a, a different stat doesn't provide. So I thought that was really interesting because, you know, also on this podcast, sometimes people say enough with the analytics, which I think we don't we don't talk about analytics that much. I don't think that we do that at all. We are pro getting all the information you need. And and personally, and I know, Scott, you share this, is that part of the information is also watching video. You know, a lot of times, a lot of criticisms that I've had in the past of this team is that they don't seem to have watched any video um, or, uh, you know, it, it's it's like it's. A, a huge part of getting better is going back to see what you did and whether or not you did it right. And 
you play hockey, everything you do is taped, right? Like in the NHL. So, so to me, something like that, you know, like videos, information, data is information, what the coach is learning on a day to day basis is information, what their mental health and their nutrition is like is information. And you need all of the information that you can possibly get in order to get the most out of people in your organization, no matter what industry you're in. So for me, I think that I, I think that him saying that was was really, really illuminating. And again, you know, like you're not just going to use numbers to inform your decisions. There's so many factors that come into play and there's so many pieces of data that you need uh, in order to continue and, and, and to get better. But that that to me was the one thing that stuck out the most from the press conference. Yeah, and I look at what Cedric mentioned, that he wants to build a team. They want an an analyst. They want a data scientist. They want all these things. And he acknowledges that it's just information. And that tells me he has the modern take on this. Like, we've talked with Allison Lucan a number of times on this show, which also the Canadians should hire Allison Lucan for their data uh, group there because she's the best, in that it's taking all those numbers and that information and putting it into palatable situations for whoever you're presenting it to. I don't think that Martin St. Louis is going to care about, uh, you know, well, here was their, you know, zone entries and exits. Like, Hey, these guys are doing this well. And here's what the video showed, you know, maybe work on that with other people or, Hey, this is what this person's doing. Well, they understand that there's information to be had here out of all these numbers and Sedgwick identifying that and acknowledging that, yes, we want to build a department out of this, not we're going to hire a person or a few people. They want to build a department out of this. It's modernizing the team here a little bit. We've seen the way St. Louis has worked behind the bench, and that's a little bit more modern. We've seen how Gordon and Hughes are approaching what they're doing. They've brought in a new uh, VP of communications. Obviously, they're trying to modernize a team that was – Quite frankly, very far behind. They missed the leading edge of this while some teams jumped on that. And obviously there's varying successes on this, but I think they have the right plan in place. They're not trying to rush through this here. And I think before long, I'm hoping they get this by the time the season is over or once they pass the trade deadline and whatnot, they start building this department to get ready for the draft, to get ready for free agency and the off season with contract negotiations and whatnot that it's, so they're not spending money on dumb stuff. We saw it too often with Mark Bergevin that he goes, well, here's what I'm spending my money on. And for better or worse, usually worse, it didn't always pan out. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But I'm interested to see how soon they get this department put together and if, how soon we can kind of see some of the results from that whenever it may be. I absolutely agree. And speaking of results, in a moment, we're going to talk about is it too late for Cole Caulfield to get back into the Calder conversation? <laughs> All right, Scott. Me. Um, yes, you. <laughs> Here's the thing. Cole Caulfield, I feel, has been robbed of a lot of things uh, this season. And one of them was obviously his joy. His, he was robbed of his joy. He seems to have found that back. But the other one was an opportunity to score 40 goals in the season. Another one is an opportunity to win the Calder this season. Now, it's not the end of the season. There's still about 20-something games, almost 30 games left um, for the Habs and for him to continue whatever he's been doing for the past seven games. We've had seven games under Marty, right? 
Washington, yes. Columbus, <laughs> Sabres, seven, seven games. Seven games, right. Because they did the reverse and... sweep. They lost their first three, won their next four. So, And there are exactly. 30 games left in the season. There are exactly 30 games left. So, And we'll he call... has been put back with Nick Suzuki, yes. who he has amazing chemistry with. Obviously, he lost Tyler to Foley, but Josh Anderson, assuming he comes back at some point from that injury to his beautiful face, um, is is like he's been doing really well on that line. He's somebody that I think is not a permanent person on that line, but he's somebody who in fits and spurts can be really good on that top line. Uh, I'm not about to sit here and pretend that Josh Anderson is something he's not, but there's a lot of chemistry between those people, but Nick Suzuki can pretty much find chemistry with anybody. And that line is such that, you know, there's some versatile players that might not be scoring a lot that could end up on that line that could help Nick or or Nick Suzuki or or Cole Caulfield to score goals. So here's my question is, is it too late to, to bring up Cole Caulfield for the Calder? So I'm of two minds on this in that, of course not. He has, I believe after tonight, 18 points in 37 games, and he's been on fire lately, and I don't expect him to score at a goal per game pace. If he somehow does that to end the season, you can't give him the cut point because he's got 30 games left and he scored against Washington scored against Columbus. He's scored in basically every game under Martin St. Louis. So he's got goals in, I believe six of his last seven games or um, five of his last seven. Cause he had the shootout winner against the Islanders there or not the winner, but you get my point is that he can get himself up to double. He well, he'll be in double digit goals relatively soon, but he can get himself into 20 25 goals if he continues at this pace i again don't expect him to but it's very tough because he'd have to continue being on this kind of you know two three points a night pace and the hard part about that is morris cider and trevor zegris are i believe far and away the best two contenders here and i love morris cider he made me he's proven me wrong for making fun of detroit making that pick and then there's also Matt Boldy playing for the Minnesota Wild, who has been incredible for that team. It's a stacked conference, and Steve Dangle said it. Other fans have said it. Dominique Ducharme should be fired again just for how he tanked Cole Caulfield's season. Like, it, it's an embarrassment that he came in and went, okay, Cole, just do what you do best, and that's all he needed to hear. How inept of a coach do you have to be that – you did this, and I'm I'm truly intrigued to see where Caulfield could get himself back to this year. If he hits 20 goals after starting this season about as ice cold as one could imagine, I think, honestly, he'll get some votes. I don't know if he'll be a favorite, but I think he's going to draw definitely some attention from the hockey writers who vote on, on that trophy. I don't think he's going to win it, but I think he's going to maybe get himself back in the conversation a little bit of this uh, production pace keeps up right now. And I think you said it very well in that it's kind of dependent on who's kind of emerged to to be in the conversation while he has been, for lack of a better word, dormant, right? He 
there's been a lot of surprises. There's also been some expected, uh, some expected good seasons from a lot of young rookie players. So I think to me, the one thing that I'm banking on um, is that all the people who predicted that he would win the Calder will want to be justified. So they'll put him back in the conversation. And I think that it's totally fair to say that he might not win or might not deserve to win. Just it's unfortunate that that's just the reality of the situation is that some people have uh, proven themselves to be more deserving. And unfortunately for him, it might not have been entirely all in his hands. Uh, but I do think that it's worth it to bring him back into the conversation. I feel like after having been robbed of that shot, of, the, of that chance, just having those, you know, like third, fourth, fifth place votes, even if it's just, you know, from the Montreal market, which, you know, we do, we do tend to do things like that here. Uh, but I think, I think, I think it should be really positive for him. Like if he, if he's just in the conversation, you know, he's seen success at every level and this has been a really hard year for him. Um, not knowing what to do with struggles or with challenges and with, uh, with uh, obstacles. So I think, you know, proving to him that working hard can get you back on track to success is going to be really important for building the foundation for his career. Also, obviously I'm a huge Homer and I think that, uh, I think that he deserves it just because he's, he's, he's a hab and uh, he's one of our favorite players. I also just would like to see Sens and, and, and Leafs fans upset about it. I mean, Leaf fans have their own things to worry about at this point uh, today. <laughs> so um, I'm not going to kick them while they're down. And we uh, this morning, because we've talked about trade pieces and everything, I, I want to take a quick moment and hope, wish all the best to Rodion Amirov, who was diagnosed with a brain tumor this morning. Uh, it, it, it It sucks. Like... I and to his credit, he's upbeat and positive about that. So I'm hoping for the best for him. And some things extend beyond the realm of hockey rivalries. And you never want to see a young player have their dream cut short because of something like that. So we're hoping all the best for him. Obviously, Toronto is going to give him all the support he needs. The fans are going to give him the support he needs. So uh, hopefully he's uh, getting better soon. But for the rest of this year, I am going to try and get Cole Caulfield back on that Calder ballot. Martin St. Louis <laughs> doing his his uh, best right now, too. So it's a little things. And the Habs might, you know, regress and stop winning games. But as long as Cole Caulfield keeps doing the positive things here, it's still a success for the season, I would think. Honestly, it's it's hard to find a negative in your young superstar finding his game again, honestly. Yeah. And and as you said, best wishes. You know what was kind of freaky is that how he discovered he had a brain tumor was he was injured. He had like in, in the process of healing from those injuries and getting tests and stuff like that. That's how they discovered he had a brain tumor, which really, really is kind of like it, it's it's insane just how luck and fate play play a part in something like that. Um, and hopefully they caught it early enough. He seems upbeat. Um, and he's going to be, you know, uh, he's going to get treatment. And uh, the Leafs organization to me is one where that's at least one thing that you can rely on them is that they will take care uh, of, of their of their players. So uh, on that note, we have our mailbag episode tomorrow. Please send lots and lots of mailbag questions uh, because that's our favorite time of the week. And there's no game. So we have plenty of time. We've already gotten a couple. There's one from Logan. Um and I've got one in the email as well. Been going back and forth a little bit about the Leafs. Uh, so we'll talk about that. So send your mailback questions. You can email them to us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You'll find Scott at Scott Matla. You'll find me at The Active Stick. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And if you liked this podcast, check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey because you know now is when the fantasy uh, hockey 
at fantasy hockey heats up we're heading like close to the end of the season and that's where the winners and losers are made so make sure you check them out thank you so much for listening we will talk to you tomorrow